a look into the future. What would you do if you can travel into the future and ask yourself questions? How do you grow your firm? How can you transition to providing advisory services to your clients? Well, luckily, we can just ask the time traveler himself, Paul Latham, and learn the knowledge we needed our firms to evolve into advisory services today and become that most relevant advisor to our clients. Now, Paul brings three amazing things with him. Number one, he's built a successful accounting practice in the UK. So he understands us accountants. In fact, he built this firm into an advisory powerhouse, which sold for $45 million in 2001. Number two, he's taken the business public, building to a market value in excess of $400 million. So he really understands what business owners need in value, and we as accountants need to provide to them. And finally, as I said, number three, we don't need to invent time travel. We can just ask Paul and learn from the transition he made over 20 years ago in UK into providing business advisory services to their clients. Because that trends here today, what we're all talking about. I'm Garrett Wagner, your entrepreneurial CPA channel host. And I'm really energized and can't wait to talk today about Paul, talk to Paul of Hanrock Solutions about the history of competitive advantage. Because this show is all about looking to the future and sometimes the future is taking a step back and see what happens. So Paul, I'd love to hear from you today kind of the history of competitive advantage and how that plays into all these conversations around advisory services. Hi Gareth, yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite subjects too. In fact, it's this, this particular um, sort of topic, history of competitive advantage, is something I've been using with clients now, well, it's 25 years probably. And, and as you say, I mean, you talk about be, me being a time traveler. One of the great things I think is, is to give people perspective. And once they've got perspective, it becomes easier to make good decisions. So I'm just gonna bring some slides up and talk you through it. Um, so I, I start here really, you know, obviously it's a massively important aspect of being a business advisor is to help clients to understand their value proposition. And if, if they're going to understand their value proposition, that means the clients need to be able to understand what gives them a competitive advantage. And I've found over many, many, many years, it's often a good place to start first is to help them understand what is not a competitive advantage. Um, because clients, in my experience, have some pretty weird ideas about what gives them a competitive advantage. So let's sort of take them through a history lesson, which basically allows you as the advisor to get them to the right place. So I normally start somewhere in the um, 19th century. And at that point, if you had a business, and I always talk about having a pub, if you had a pub next to the Klondike gold mine, then your pub had a massive competitive advantage. Your location was incredibly important to you. If your pub was 50 miles away, from where all those gold mining people were, then you had a massive disadvantage. Today, as, as a generality, business location is almost entirely irrelevant. Um, actually, increasingly, virtual location is, is, is probably the exception. If you can actually completely remove location and have virtual location, then your business perhaps, perhaps does have a competitive advantage but in terms of where your business actually is you know I'm in Rhode Island it makes no difference whatsoever neither advantage nor disadvantage um, you, we moved on so into the late 19th century we entered 
the era of innovation. People started inventing things, you know, whether it was telephones or light bulbs or whatever. Um, and, and basically, if you were the first person to invent the light bulb, you had a competitive advantage. If you were too slow, then you were at a disadvantage. Today, although the word innovation is used a lot, um, it's almost entirely irrelevant um, because most aspects of innovation are not true innovation. They're just incredibly small incremental changes. Um, again, virtual innovation, technology may be the exception, but e even then it's often short-lived. You know, what, what, what's fantastic today is, is not so fantastic in a few months' time. So true innovation, you know, these days, light bulbs and telephones and cars and trains, they've all been invented. Um, on the whole, innovation is not gonna give you a competitive advantage unless it's pretty exceptional. Um, by the early 20th century, we'd entered the era of mechanization. People like Henry Ford had learned how to mechanize, build production lines, basically knock out you know, huge numbers of cars at reduced cost. And by being able to build cars and so on in volume at reduced cost, that gave him a competitive advantage. Today, mechanization is basically, it's a given. It's, it's largely irrelevant, you know, you, you, you have no competitive advantage just because you can put together a production line. Um, if we moved into the mid 20th century, then it was basically businesses like IBM who, were, who, who learned how to um, introduce management structures and, and they were able to drive performance from basically having vast armies of people and that gave them a competitive advantage. Today, management structures are largely irrelevant. In fact, they may be even counterproductive if you think about the importance of having engaged people. These days, people don't want to be in great big management structures and just you know, a small cog in a wheel. So in fact, far from being a competitive advantage, it may even be a competitive disadvantage these days. When I entered the workforce in about 1980, around about that time, there were a bunch of what I call now management fads. You know, there were all sorts of acronyms, just in time, total quality management. Um, one of my favorites at the time, I think, was management by walking about, MBWA. Um, the, the winner, the winner of that lot was all to do with quality. If you went by nine, from 1980 to 1990, quality was the winner in the competitive advantage game. Basically, you had people like Toyota who were building cars that actually worked and lasted as opposed to sort of breaking after uh, a few weeks or months. And so quality gave those businesses a big competitive advantage in the late 20th century. Um, today, quality is not a competitive advantage. And I'm gonna really, really, really stress this one because most business owners have grown up in that period and they, a lot of them still think quality is giving them a win in business. It's actually moved to being an important expect. It's not a competitive advantage. You just have to have great quality to stay in the game. You know, you have to be on time. You have to be responsive. You have, the things have to work. Um, and essentially, this, that, that particular point is a big lesson for many business owners. Um, you know, they, they need to get quality out of their head. And probably one of the things I have to work hardest on when I'm talking about value proposition is stop saying buy my stuff because it works. 
um, people expect it these days. Um, so where we are today is in the early 21st century, we're in the era of intangibles stroke technology. So all, it's almost a given that today a business competitive advantage is likely to be intangible. And essentially what that means is you probably won't be able to touch it. Um, it's an intangible thing. And so you tend to see words like brand or knowledge or solutions or data or technology or experience or relationships when, when we're trying to work out the value proposition and why somebody should use a business those are the words that will most typically come out and they're all intangibles and they're really hard to touch and and, and essentially um sort of finishing point for this episode is if we're looking at value proposition the history of competitive advantage tells us that your value proposition and your competitive advantage is likely to be in the area of intangibles or technology but what we're going to talk about in the next episode is yeah but there are three sorts and only one of them is worth any money so let's talk about that next time no, I think that that's a great kind of primer for how do we think about these things at our firm? Because you interweave so many important parts about how we exist inside our firms today. And, and what do we talk to our clients about? How do we brand ourselves? How do we show ourselves? What language do we use? And how do they see us? And in the past, you know, we've talked about, are you an irrelevant advisor or not? And really, what's, if you don't have a competitive advantage, if you're not communicating that to your clients, you're not the relevant advisor. You're not having no. success. And you can't even get the foot in the door for advisory services if you're not. Well, and, and, and I'm skipping a little into the next episode, but for example, you just use the word relevant advisor. That, that's an example of an intangible. You know, it's an, it's an intangible piece of positioning or branding. Um, what you then have to do uh, is to make that feel more real. What does that mean? How do we actually make, give that more substance so that even though it's an intangible, it adds value to your business and adds not just value in the sense of ongoing work, but provides you with essentially capital value in your business. And so that's a really good example. How do we use the words relevant advice? If we want to position ourselves as most relevant advisor, how do we do that and take that intangible concept and make it feel real to the client? And that's kind of this new landscape when you get into advisory services, you're using terms like positioning. You know, no one ever talked about before when delivering a tax return or trying to get a new tax client positioning. It was just, you know, trying to do it cheaper, faster, like you said. Now, trying to get advisory service clients, there's a whole different framework. And things like positioning are such an important part of it. And that history of the competitive advantage shows why that's changed and where we are today. But the great, the great thing about that exercise is, is it takes you to a place where you're now talking to the client about intangibles and, and we're moving into an area, area now where we can begin to add value. So the benefit of that history is to essentially show the client where we've come from. Here's where we are today. Okay, I've got it. Now let's move on. How are we going to deal with your business? What's intangible that adds value in your business? Now let's talk about it. It's just a position thing. Perfect add value to their businesses competitive advantage so stay tuned next week we'll have um, a little deeper dive in the history of competitive advantage and where we go from here so stay tuned 
And as we go, we're always like to remind you, you know, find out today how ready you are for the future. How are your, how's your position? How are your intangibles? Where do you stand in this continuum? Take a minute and sign up for your own free biz survey. Get a free objective assessment of how prepared your firm is for the future. As a special offer for watching the show, we'll provide you the results of your, of your biz score and a quick follow-up meeting. There's a link below. I encourage everyone watching to take the test and see how ready you are for future success. As always, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to you can click to subscribe to the YouTube channel, get the updates when you need them. And as always, we challenge you today to take action to change the world and invest in yourself.